Hello and welcome to the Gathering Church Podcast. My name is David and I have Pastor Dave here in front of me. Last Sunday we've started a long conversation about Pentecost, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on Jesus' disciples and how all this was foreshadowed by key events in Israel's uh, history. Today we're going to ask Pastor Dave some questions about the studies he has done and see what else we can learn about these events. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic. Hanging out the two Daves, the two Davids. (laughs) Coming to you on the podcast. Doing great. Um, how was it for you to do the studies, first of all? I know, like, for me, doing studies, like, sometimes when I see new things, I'm like, wow, I've never seen this. this is so exciting. It, how was it for you doing these studies? It, it was really fun because it's the first time, uh, you know, I've been able to dive deep into the, the back history of Pentecost. I've never done a massive study like this. And the deeper I go, the, the bigger it gets. Uh, and so the challenge has been, okay, how do I, you know, get all this information and try to get it down to bite-sized pieces to you know, present to the congregation? Uh, I, you know, I compare it to trying to ride, you know, going to SeaWorld and seeing these guys ride Shamu, you know, these killer whales. You know, where where do you get a, a handle yeah. to stay onto this whale? And that's that's really what, uh, the, the deeper you go in the meaning of Pentecost, the, the more there is to it. So, yeah. Uh, but it's been fun. Yeah, it seems like you have been doing a lot, like you have been digging a lot, not just out of the New Testament, but a lot about the promises and the events in the Old Testament. So it seemed like you have found a lot of really, really interesting things. So today I want to kind of just go through, ask a couple of questions through some of these events that you've made comparison. So you've made the comparison between the Red Sea and baptism and Jesus' tomb and uh, Mount Sinai and the upper room. But you started this whole journey in the covenant, with the covenant. Yes. Um, Let me ask you this question. What is a covenant in biblical sense? Uh, In the biblical sense, the term covenant in Hebrew, the root word means cutting. Uh, And it it has to do with cutting and, and blood. Uh, oftentimes, uh, in, in the Old Testament, if you would make a covenant, there would be a, a cutting or a sacrifice of an animal. And it went, a covenant goes long, far beyond just making a promise. Like, hey, I promise that we'll have this agreement. If you make a covenant, that means that something had to die or, or, or be wounded and scarred. Uh, so, so it, it carried much more weight. Mm. And, and so, a covenant itself means a, a cutting. Uh, you know, God made a covenant with Abraham uh, that that I referenced in Genesis 12. Uh, you know, a, a few chapters later, he ex- expounds upon that covenant and actually has Abraham sacrifice several animals, mm. and and uh, you know, kind of has you know, does a work with with a with a torch and a, and a uh, basically an oven. You know, there's there's a vision that takes place, uh, but but again, there there were the sacrificing of animals and whatnot. And so of course, all of it is indicative of the new covenant in which we live, which there was a cutting or a piercing, uh, with Christ. So, so was the cutting almost like, like a memorializing of this promise or this partnership that was going on to kind of show, Hey, this is kind of like set in stone. Yeah. It's, 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 it means this is weighty, you know, this, mm-hmm. this is, uh, this is something really serious uh, mm-hmm. that, hey, there's there's been bloodshed over this. Uh, you know, uh, blood has been spilt. Or, you or, better don't you know, take it lightly. Yeah, yeah. And, and life was in the blood. And and so, um, mm-hmm. and we see it uh, not just in the Hebrew culture, but it, it, it's translated, you know, even with Native Americans, uh, you know, you would, they, they would talk about 
you know, being blood brothers, you know, mm. that, hey, we're blood brothers. Uh, if, if they made peace between two people uh, and they would come to an agreement, you know, and you see it in some of the old Westerns where they would they would cut their hands, mm-hmm. you know, with a knife and then and then bind their hands together. Mm. Uh, it, it was a form of a covenant. It was mm. meaning, hey, you know what, we're, you know, this our blood is mixing. Uh, you know, we, we've got a, a wound or a scar that, that is going to uh, symbolize this agreement. Mm. And, and uh, so it was more than just making peace with each other, it was making a covenant with mm. each other. So That's interesting. What's, what is this covenant that God made with Abraham? Uh, Abraham, you can go back to Genesis 12. And uh, basically, it, you know, reading from the NLT, it, the Lord had said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives and your father's family. And go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. All the families on earth will be a blessing through, will be blessed through you. Now, you know, it, it, it sounds really simple, but that right there is the core of even our relationship with God. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it was huge. It wasn't. It was God telling Abram, look, I'm I'm not just going to be a God. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be your God, mm-hmm. your personal God. Uh, that's, that's much more powerful than just saying, hey, I believe in a God. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you realize, no, he's your God. Mm-hmm. He's my God. Uh, and, and then the covenant was pretty, pretty wild because you know, Abram's coming from, uh, the land of Ur of the Chaldeans, which was very pagan. And for most gods, you constantly have to do things to appease them. And and hopefully they may do you a favor. You know, that uh-huh. was kind of the mindset where here God is saying, look, if you'll just give everything up. Uh, he told him, he said, leave your native country. Well, you know, leave your relatives, your father's house. Well, that's, you know, the native country was his, his security, you know, his father's house and his relatives. Mm-hmm. Well, that was commerce, his identity, you know, mm-hmm. well, Hey, I, I come from this family and God's saying, no, leave all that behind. And, and I will, I'm going to take you to land and I'm going to, I'm going to be your security. Mm. I'm going to become your identity. I'm going to give you your own identity. Matter of fact, he changed Abram's name to Abraham eventually. And he's, and, and basically I will, I will make you wealthy. I will, you know, everything you need will come from me. All I need you to do is trust me. Mm. And, uh, at, at that point, and he said, not only that, he said, I will take care of you. Don't worry about people attacking you. If, if people bless you, I'm going to bless them. So that's going to make people want to bless you more. And, uh, we got a big old truck going, yeah. <laughs> driving outside. I promise you, we're not going to get hit. Uh, and, and, and he said, and I'm going to curse those that curse you. In other words, people, people aren't going to want to attack you because all of a sudden they got to deal with me. They're going to learn really quick. And so. It, it's a powerful covenant of saying just if you'll if you'll lose the identity you think you have mm. and just just trust me and turn everything over to me i'm going to take care of you mm. from beginning to end i'll be everything you need and i will be your god mm. and and people are going to be blessed because of you mm. that's that's a as simple of a covenant as that is, it's as powerful and it's everything that we can as believers you know so so to make it in terms of a contract, one side of the contract was for Abraham saying, give up everything and trust me, and be faithful to me. And then God says, as the other part of the contract, what I will do is I'll be faithful to you 
I will and I'll provide at, everything. I will provide everything for you. Yeah, I'll be there for you, and I give you a new identity. Yeah. So and and it's taught even in the New Testament. The same concept is you know, he that loses his life gains it. Mm. Okay. You know, but he that that holds on to his life loses it. You know, it's the same concept. You know, when when we lose ourselves in Christ, you know, we gain everything that is Christ's. You know. So was this covenant just for Abraham or was it also for Israel or was it also it, for it was, us? It or? was going to be originally, it was stated it was for Abraham and all of his descendants, mm -hmm. which would become Israel. And, uh, uh of course, eventually, uh, eventually it becomes for all of us who believe we have, the new Testament teaches us that we are grafted into this lineage of Abraham, his family tree. You know, we're a wild tree over here, us Gentiles mm -hmm. and, Uh, uh, that weren't born into his his uh, bloodline, but but the God has taken this wild branch and grafted it into mm. Abraham's family tree, uh, which which Christ you know Christ Himself said, "Hey, I am the vine, I'm the branch. You know, you know, I'm the vine, you are the branches. You're the offshoots of it." So uh, Christ, uh, through Christ, we are grafted into uh, this bloodline, so we have uh, direct via a new covenant <laughs> uh we actually have access to the original covenant which goes back to just saying hey i'm gonna be your god and i'm gonna take care of you mm. so uh, so it was for abraham and his descendants which we are not jews you and i are not jews no. we are not part of his lineage at least not directly what you're saying through mm -hmm. we've been grafted in we have been made part of his family yes we are now part of this co family. new covenant what is this new covenant the the new covenant actually was foretold by uh jeremiah actually if i can pull out my notes from sunday it's really cool uh jeremiah in chapter 31 uh starting with verse 31 says The day is coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and Judah. This covenant or, or this heavy, weighty, cutting agreement will not be like the one I made with their ancestors when I took them out of the, the land and uh, took them by hand and brought them out of the land of Egypt. Uh, they broke that covenant, mm. uh, though I loved them as a husband loves his wife. But this new covenant I will make with the people of Israel after those days, says the Lord, I will put my instruction instructions deep within them and i will write them on their hearts i will be their god and they will be my people now if you notice it's the same spirit mm. okay, hey you're going to be mine mm. i'm going to be your, your god mm. he said but this time i'm not going to have to put the instructions on stone tablets like he did with moses mm. he said no i'm going to put them into my heart and notice he said i'm going to make it with the people of israel mm. uh uh so and and this covenant was uh started out with the folks in Israel. They, it started out on the, it was ratified on the day of Pentecost. Mm. And, and, uh, you know, when Jesus died, it, the Bible says he, you know, he came first for the Jews and then the Gentiles. So, so, uh, the, even this new covenant is for the descendants of Abraham, the, mm -hmm. the, the physical descendants of Abraham, but we've been grafted in via Christ, you know? So that, What you said is they have not been faithful to the covenant. So that's, I think, what we always keep seeing in the Bible is like God makes this covenant with them, but they keep being going to other gods. They're going to yes. do their own things. Yeah. They want their own kings because they don't trust that's, God. As thus, you got the book of Judges where God would have to raise people up. And he even told them, look, when he, when he took them into the promised land, he said, this is the land I promised you. 
and and if you will worship me, if you'll if you will uh, maintain my decrees or the terms of this covenant, which is what the the law that he gave to Moses was, it was mm -hmm. basically a, a teaching on how to love him and how to love each other, and and yet they would they would still fall into paganism, worshiping other gods, mm -hmm. and and he told them from the start, look, if you if you if you don't worship me, if you turn away from this agreement. Yeah, look, I'm going to let people come in and raid you and, and rule over you and, and take your crops and take your, your, your women and your children. And uh, and they were sent to exile. The, the point, yeah, at one point they did. Yeah, they, they were exiled. And yet the Lord in his loving and faithfulness, he would bring them right back or he'd raise up a judge that would deliver them. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and it was just kind of this constant pattern that. And so finally he, you know, he, he says, look, I'm going to make a new covenant with you. And you're not going to have to worry about following all these rules, but I'm going to put the spirit of the law in your heart. Uh, and, and ultimately, the covenant started out with faith. It wasn't about following rules and regulations. It was really just trusting God enough mm -hmm. to, to uh, and trusting him how to live as well. And uh, now, now it becomes much more of a spiritual thing. And, and Christ became the you know, the, the, the once and for all sacrifice, we don't have to go sacrifice animals. We don't have to go mm. try to appease God. We, we have appeasement because of our faith and the redemptive work of Jesus. So, mm. Mm. Awesome. What are other covenants that we can see? So we have that covenant with Abraham and then the new covenant. Uh, well, Noah, you know, God made a covenant with Noah mm -hmm. that, um, he said, look, I'm, I, I will never flood the earth again. Uh, I'll never destroy the earth by water again, uh, the way that I have. Uh, I'm, I'm sure Noah found quite comfort. I, you know, think of think of emotionally what he went through. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, after the the wild ride and the ark, mm -hmm. when he finally, all of a sudden, it's him and his kids, and uh, you know, him and his family, and they're they're starting over again. You know, the human race. Uh, think of emotionally how shocked he was. So to have God make a covenant. And, and as a, as a symbol, he put the rainbow in the sky, you know, to say, Hey, look, this is every time you see the rainbow, just, just remember, I'm, I'm not going to do this again. Uh -huh. I'm not going to go this route again. So and again, again, similar theme, right? Like that God wants to be faithful to us. He wants to look after us. He wants yeah. to provide for us. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's interesting that these links seem to be always being connected between all of these different things that God is doing is that ultimately he wants to look after us. Yeah. While, we're, while you were saying about uh, the law and everything, um, what, what was the purpose of the law? Like, like if God, it was never, it doesn't seem like that God ever wanted us to be rule followers, but he wanted to put us into to our heart. But what was the purpose of the law? Uh, the, the, the purpose, according to the Apostle Paul, was to, to, reveal, to reveal sin, mm -hmm. to, to let us know Look, yeah, I, I want to tell you what not to do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, up until then, uh, there had never been an official edict from God as, hey, this is unholy, this is unclean, this is sinful, or this is wrong. Uh, and, and yet when he gave his, when he gave his law, yeah, he was able to say, uh, hey, the, don't do these things. Mm -hmm. You know, this is not pleasing to me. Rather, this over here is pleasing to me. And so, so folks didn't even realize that they were living in sin until the law revealed mm. it, you know. Uh, so for us to be able to actually change and move more into God's direction, we need to know what the things are that are holding us up. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and even even now in our walk with God, it, it the Holy Spirit has to teach us not only what to do, but also teach us what not to do. Mm-hmm. You know, part of part of being successful is is knowing what not to do. Mm-hmm. Uh and, and that's that's what sin is. You know, a lot of times we make you know the, the, the most common Greek word for sin actually just means to miss the mark. Mm-hmm. You know, you're missing yeah. the point, you're missing the mark. You know, we we kind of make it a big uh ultra evil word, you know, in, in our church settings, you know, sin, you have sin in your life. Well, really what he's talking about is look, you're missing the mark. You're, you're not even hitting the target. Uh-huh. You know, the target is, is Christ and, and living a, a godly life. Uh, so stop doing this. <laughs> Otherwise you're going to keep missing the mark, you know? Yeah. And that's really ultimately what the law, the purpose of the law was, uh, was to reveal, uh, you know, part of knowing how to hit the mark is knowing, the mark is yeah where the mark is and how to aim and and knowing what not to do you know so and you said it's now written in our hearts does it mean the holy spirit kind of guides us in this way tells us yeah that's what that's what was awesome about the prophecy with jeremiah is it was foreshadowing and prophesying exactly what the prophet joel said that in the last days saith the lord i will pour out my spirit upon all flesh that means everyone everyone who who comes to a saving knowledge of Christ uh, has has this wonderful gift uh, of the Holy Spirit that is planted deep in in your heart. And so now, you know, the, you know, the Bible says that you know we don't even have to have a teacher because he is he is the teacher. Uh, he he the Holy Spirit will lead and guide you into all truth. Jesus said so, uh, which is kind of nice. It kind of takes the onus off of me as the pastor and preacher that you know. I don't have to be the end all for people because, uh, you know, if, if they're truly walking with the Lord, then they can be led of the spirit. The Holy spirit is going to teach them what to do and what not to do. Mm-hmm. So this, and I, I know we're going to be talking a lot more about the Holy spirit over the summer. We're going to keep going with Pentecost and afterwards talk a time bit about the, or a bit more about the Holy spirit, but just really quick. I know that there are some people that think like, Oh, the Holy spirit, that's just, it, it was just poured out over some specific people, like the prophets or the kings, maybe King David. There's certain people that received the Holy Spirit for special things in ministry, for special things that God wanted them to do. The disciples were also part of this when we read the New Testament. Um, how do I know that the Holy Spirit is also for me? How do I know that I'm part of those people? Like, how how is it not just a few anointed people in my time? How How do I know it's also for me? Well, to go back to the prophecy in Joel, the the prophet Joel said, you know, God said, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. You know, your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will will have visions. Your old men will dream dreams. And he said, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon even my servants, men and women. So, Mm -hmm. so it's, it wasn't even bound by gender. Uh, you know, God, God was wanting to put his spirit in both men and women. Uh, we sat out on the day of Pentecost, but then later on in the book of Acts, uh, we also, in which the day of Pentecost dealt with the Jews. Those, those were all Jews that were in the upper room that, uh-huh. that encountered uh, the Sinai moment, you know. Uh, but then, uh, you know, later on, Peter is, is hanging out in Capernaum on, on top of Simon the Tanner's roof. He has this vision uh, where God told him, yeah, hey, here's a big old picnic blanket, and I want, and it's full of food. I want you to eat this food. Well, in the in this vision, the the blanket was full of all kind of food that uh, had been forbidden by the law of Moses to eat, like pig and 
and other things that were concerning. God told him, you know, Peter said, I've never eaten this stuff in my life. And God said, you know, he said, because it's unclean. And God said, don't, don't say, don't call anything I've made unclean. And next thing you know, there's a knock at the door and it turns out a, a Gentile uh, commanding officer in the Roman off, uh, army, uh, Cornelius had sent messengers, said, hey, please come, come preach for us. And so Peter all of a sudden has an opportunity to go preach the gospel to a Gentile home, a home that's full of, uh, you know, unclean people. Uh-huh. This was huge. Yes. This this was enormous. Uh, this was this was a group of people that Peter, growing up, would have never imagined himself associating with. Yeah. Uh, as, as controversial as this phrase, you know, me saying this would be, it it would be no different than for some folks in church to to receive an invitation to a house full of you know homosexuals who said hey i want to hear the gospel and and as as much prejudice as some folks would have against that or or maybe if someone was grew up prejudiced toward an, another ethnicity and then they yet they get invited to go preach the gospel and and see God to actually start to work. So what's funny, you know, so Peter goes, has to swallow his pride, and he goes and he preaches the gospel to a bunch of uncircumcised Gentiles. Uh-huh. And next thing you know, in the middle of his sermon, the Holy Spirit is poured out. Wow. Even even on the Gentiles. And so so actually at Capernaum, that would kind of be our Pentecost mm. per se, or our upper room experience for all of us mm. uh here in the West. Uh, that God's spirit was poured out, not even just on the Jews, mm-hmm. but but also on the Gentiles. And then all throughout the book of Acts, you you encounter where, uh, you know, all of a sudden the disciples meet some believers in Christ. And they said, hey, have you received the have you received the power since you believed? Because that's what the Holy Spirit does. You know, Jesus said, you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Spirit has come upon you. So, you know, there's one account where they they meet some some believers in Christ who say, Hey, have you received the power since you believe? And they said, we, we've never even heard about this Holy mm-hmm. spirit. And so they, you know, right then and there, they, they laid hands on it. They received the, the gift of the Holy spirit. Uh, there, there were multiple prayer meetings that took place in the book of Acts where everyone in the room was, was filled with the Holy spirit. So, you know, it is, is actually a gift that every believer has access to. Uh, it's not something that just took place Back in the Old Testament, it's not or, or, or Old Testament and New Testament. It is something that's actually still alive and well. Which, by the way, we are still living the Book of Acts. You know, the Book of Acts does not end. You know, there's not an mm. official Amen at the end of the Book of Acts. So we are the Book of Acts is still being written up well, to this day to be continued. <laughs> yes, very much so. <laughs> so, like, I know that the Jews didn't have necessarily anything against the Gentiles, but they knew that they were God's people, at least like the chosen people from early on. And then suddenly God releases that now you have fulfilled your purpose almost, which is to be a gateway to me for all of nations. And that through the Jews, actually the gospel was preached to all nations. Is yes. That right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, uh, matter of fact, you know, at one point, you know, Paul talks about that that the Jewish people have been blessed because they they maintain the oracles of God. You know, they mm-hmm. they had truth uh, for centuries. Mm-hmm. You know, through God's word, His Torah, His teaching, um, which was all 
pointing and foreshadowing Christ. It was all Christ, symbolic yes. of Christ. So, so yeah, through God used his people, the Jews, which goes back to the Abraham, mm-hmm. the, the covenant with Abraham, that through, through the Jews, through Abraham, all nations would mm-hmm. be blessed, like you said. So, so God made good on that part of the covenant. Yes. Uh, you know, we, we have this incredible, wonderful truth about Christ and, and this incredible understanding of the interaction of the Holy Spirit and, and the gospel knowledge of his, his sacrifice for us and redeeming us back to God because there were obedient Jews that were willing to take the, the, the message of the gospel uh, to the uh, far regions of the world at the time, you know? Yeah, that's, that's powerful. That's really good. Um, really quickly, so you, uh, we've just talked real long about the covenants. Then, really quickly, to just um, go over it again, what were your other comparisons? So the the Red Sea. To... Yeah, the Red Sea. First Corinthians talks about uh, the Red Sea being a form of baptism, or yeah. it's symbolic of, of baptism. Which mm-hmm. you know, we understand bat- baptism comes from the Greek word baptismo, which means burial or buried. Mm-hmm. So, so. Their identity, uh, the children of Israel coming out of Egypt, their identity were they were slaves on the run, mm-hmm. and yet they they went into a death per se. They uh-huh. they were buried in the Red Sea, which was became a symbolic tomb. Uh, but then they came out on the other side. They were no longer slaves. They had died out to that that identity, yeah. and they became uh, a conquering nation on the other side. Uh-huh. Uh, all of that is symbolic of even Christ. Uh, he died uh, the, as, as the, uh, the atonement for the world, God's sacrificial lamb. He was buried, but when he was resurrected, he was resurrected as the conquering king, you know, the, the conquering savior uh, of the whole world. Yeah. And uh, he was the sacrifice for the whole world, but now he's the savior mm-hmm. of the whole world. And likewise, we... We're we're taught and through throughout the New Testament that we too get to die out to our past, you know whatever whatever form of sinner I was, uh, whatever uh, you know whatever form of mess up I was, actually gets to be buried in Christ. When I give my life to Him, I surrender everything to Him. I die out to who I was, and now I become something brand new. Uh, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are made new. Uh, so, so now I I get to be a conquering warrior, a, mm. a, a conquering little Christ or a Christian. Yeah. Um, you know, and and so uh, and then the other the other neat thing that that I've preached about before is you know Pharaoh and the enemy's army went into the Red Sea with them. They they, they followed him into that watery tomb. But they didn't get to come out the other no. side, and and that's the power of uh, the tomb and the resurrection. Is uh, the enemy and your past and sin will follow you into the tomb, but it doesn't get to come out the other mm. side. So, and you said Jesus is a sacrificial lamb, which obviously connects to the Passover festival. Yes, that goes back to Passover. Passover, the Passover meal, uh, they had to sacrifice a lamb or a goat, uh, and then apply the blood of that lamb or goat. Each household had to do this. Uh, they would apply the the blood of the lamb or the goat to the door to the doorpost either side of the doorpost and then the uh, the top of the door frame and that would allow the wrath of God or the or the death angel uh, that was coming to take kill all the firstborn sons in Egypt but uh, yet God gave a way out of that for his people 
he provided a way via a sacrificial lamb, and then they would eat the lamb for a meal along with uh, uncooked bitter herbs uh, uh, or bitter salad greens and uh, uh, unleavened bread or unyeasted bread. Uh, uh, they had to they had to eat the meal fully clothed with their sandals on uh, because they had to be ready to go. They were, they were about to get delivered from slavery, and God didn't want them. Uh, waiting around it's you know when he said go you got to move and and that's how that's how wonderful it is when when we give our heart to the lord and we accept uh the sacrificial lamb of jesus and we allow his blood to be applied to the doorway of our soul which is our heart uh god god doesn't want us to stay where we're at man we're on the move we we leave we leave our our uh, bondage to sin <laughs> the, the yeah. journey starts you know, and we start heading toward our own Red Sea or yeah. our own burial per se, because yeah. we get to die out to some things and then, uh, you know, rise up in newness of life with Christ. Yeah. And then after they left Egypt, they went to Mount Sinai, which you then compared to the upper room experience, the outpouring of the Spirit. Yeah. Uh, the It's really cool. The rabbis teach that 50 days later, 50 days later, uh, they find themselves at Mount Sinai. And that's when God starts to give them the law or the Torah, and he speaks it out to Moses, uh, started speaking it out to the, all of children of Israel. They, they freaked out over it. They got really scared and told Moses, okay, you talk to God and then tell us what's going to, which ironically, that's the same mindset the church folk have. You know, we, we all have the Holy Spirit in us. God wants us all to have the ability to hear from him. But a lot of church folk are like, no, 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 just let the preacher go talk to him. And then the preacher can tell us what God's trying to say. You know, when God's really, he wants to talk to everyone. He, you know, he, yeah. he doesn't want the preacher to have to sit there and be a Moses per se. But uh, but yeah, he, he gives the law, but he starts out by saying he restates the covenant that he made with Abraham. Mm. He said, look, I want you, if you will trust me, if you'll trust the terms of this covenant that I'm about to, to give you, uh, then I, you know, you're going to be my special nation, uh, a, a nation, a priesthood, a royal priesthood in the land, and and so uh, the people still had to step out in faith. The covenant has to do with faith, and and he hadn't even given the terms of the covenant yet, which was the law, but they had to agree. They had to agree to it up top, and uh, so so he restates this covenant, and then he starts giving the terms, which was the Torah or the the, the first five books of the Bible or the Pentateuch. So. Um, which is the law of God. Mm. So in the Old Testament, when they talk about the word of God, that's really what they're talking about is the law that was given uh, 50 days into this journey, 50 days after Passover, uh, which is ironic because, yeah, that correlates with Pentecost, uh, you know, 50 days after Passover, which would have been Passover was when uh, Christ would have been, would have been uh, sacrificed. Uh, and if, if you remember, because you have Friday would have been Passover, uh, they they said, look, we need to hurry up and get them off the cross because the Sabbath is about to start. Mm -hmm. Well, Sabbath would have started at sundown on Friday night, lasted until sundown Saturday, Saturday night. Um, you know, so so Passover would have been that Friday. He would have been killed on that Friday. You know, with you know, speaking of the way that we look at the weeks of the 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 days of the weeks. Um. So, so 50 days or seven weeks past that, seven's interesting because it's the number of completion, uh, but, but 50 days past that, there is the day of Pentecost, which the word Pentecost is Greek. It just means 50. And uh, 
uh, which they the Jews would have been celebrating uh, Shavuot, which is uh, the Feast of Weeks, which we'll actually get into this next Sunday, mm. uh, talking about. Uh, but but the you know all of a sudden God establishes he he does what he said he was going to do in Jeremiah, where all of a sudden on that day he put the law into our hearts mm. via the Holy Spirit. Everyone, the, the hundred and twenty people that were in the upper room were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And uh, you know, began to speak in other languages as, as one of the signs that they were filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, which which correlates with what the rabbis teach took place on Mount Sinai, that when God spoke his law, uh, he spoke it out in every known language at the time. As, as you know, the, the Torah originally was not written down. It was for centuries. It was actually passed along verbally and, and was taught. And so that's how they taught it. Uh, per the witnesses that were there, that they could he- they heard him speak simultaneously in every known language. Well, that's what took place on the the day of Pentecost. Everyone began to speak in in languages. Upwards of sixteen languages mm-hmm. were listed out, and what they were speaking, according to the second chapter of Acts, was the word of God. All the wonderful things that God had done, which would have been the gospel. Uh, uh, they they actually were speaking. You know, the gospel, they were preaching the gospel in every known language. And it was, uh, for, and, and for the Jews that were there, they knew exactly what was happening. They, they could see the parallels between Sinai and what was taking place on the day of Pentecost. So mm. I find that interesting. Um, I've told you earlier, like when I'm thinking about Babel, the Tower of Babel, when God actually split the languages, yeah, like, like they were all so full of themselves look at us, how great things we can do. So God said, no, I'm going to um, separate you. I'm going to split you all apart. Like you'll not be able to speak the same language anymore. And now in the upper room, we have God, actually, like people actually wanting to glorify God. And God says, you know what? Now you can understand each other again. And yeah, he unified them via languages. So it's kind of cool. So it's, it's, it's almost like he reversed what happened. On, on in the Tower of Babel, yes, and, and and that's the cool thing about that day is the miracle wasn't just the fact that people were speaking in other languages, mm-hmm. uh, but it was the fact that people were hearing in their native language as yeah. well, uh, and and it could have been, you know, I mean, who knows exactly how it went down? It could it it could be like, uh, you know, you're German. So it, it could be as if I'm spe- I, I start giving you an incredible word from God, mm-hmm. and in my mind I'm speaking English, English, but you're hearing it in German. Yeah, you know that's that's equally just as powerful of a miracle. Or maybe even know? in a sub dialect. I don't speak any dialects of German, like just the main <laughs> standard one. Yeah. But even if it was a weird little sub dialect yeah. of German, like yeah. me being able to understand it. Yeah, absolutely. So it's it's. Uh, and, and that's one reason, you know, that that other bystanders accused everyone on the day of Pentecost saying, you guys are drunk. Because uh, it, it could have very well been that, you know, these these folks that accused everyone of being drunk, they may have just been hearing Hebrew spoken mm-hmm. or maybe even Greek or whatever uh-huh. uh, spoken. Because they didn't and, have faith or something? Yeah, perhaps, you know. And, and so they weren't just accusing those speaking in languages. They were probably also accusing those hearing yeah. The language is saying, man, you, all you guys are a bunch of drunk, man. Y'all been partying or something. And of course, Peter's like, man, it's nine o'clock in the morning. Nobody's drunk. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's much too early. The bars aren't even open. Yeah. Know? So to kind of summarize it, what I, what I find interesting is what all these, these things, it seems like there's a comparison 
between the key events in Israel's history to the events that were happening in Jesus' time, but then also a comparison to what we do today. So, like, Passover, where they Israel had to flee from Egypt, mm-hmm. um, then we had Jesus as a Passover lamb, the sacrificial yes. lamb, and we celebrate communion every month or like every some yeah. churches do it every week yeah like just to remember like what god has done for us to memorize yeah. what god has done like he has freed um israel from egypt yes from the from the enslavement from pharaoh god has freed us from the sin from sin and yeah. death um then we have the red sea which is compared to jesus's burial and resurrection, but then also from our burial and resurrection in the spirits. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when we do our baptisms, that's it's, it's that's, all a pattern of our walk, our walk and journey of faith. Yes, into Christ. And then Mount Sinai, which yep. compares to the upper room, but then the daily renewed yeah. outpouring of the Spirit for every believer in our world. Yeah, Mount Sinai was the official issuing of the terms of the covenant. Uh huh that that God had made uh Jesus brought a new covenant he even said it in the last supper he said this cup you know uh, the the cup of wine which was representing his blood he said this this is the sign of the new covenant you know that that via his blood his shed blood not the the shed blood of a passover lamb but his shed blood is now you know our ticket in and and, and our our faith in that redemptive work of his shed blood you know, becomes the ticket in. And so, yeah, the, so the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost was, was God implementing the terms mm-hmm. or the, of, of this covenant. But yeah, it takes place on an individual basis with us. We all get to experience our own Pentecost per se. Yeah. That, that yes, we, we accept the blood of the Passover lamb, which is Jesus. Yeah. You know, we, in obedience to the word of God, you know, we, we allow ourselves to be baptized. We, you know, we go through a physical baptism. We do teach that in, at gathering church. Uh, so if anyone's listening and you've not been baptized or maybe you've rededicated yourself to the Lord, you want to be baptized, come talk to me, man. I would, I would be honored to do so. But, but there is also a spiritual baptism that takes place mm-hmm. where, where we, we die out and we are buried into Christ and yet we resurrect into something new. You know, we start living differently. We start talking differently. We start, uh, you know, uh, we, we, we start making different decisions and seeing the world from a different vantage point. Uh, but then we also have our, our own Pentecost, uh, and it doesn't have to take 50 days for, for it to happen. <laughs> uh, but it, it's, it's the empowering of the Holy spirit. God puts his word via his Holy spirit yeah. deep within us. And, and now, uh, it, it's a really cool concept and we'll, you know, we'll talk about it over the summer. Yeah. We're going to be doing a deep dive into the Holy spirit, but it, I, I liken it to being, you know, a football coach. If, you know, a, a football coach can stand on the sideline and teach his quarterback, you know, certain plays and call certain plays. But if, but if he could get inside of his quarterback's body with his football knowledge and yet use his quarterback's physical ability you know, that would be a pretty wild uh, coach-quarterback yeah. combo. And uh, that's really what God has done. He's allowed his spirit to get in us to mm. now all of a sudden allow us to to live and be a, you know, a David Lamprecht version of God, you mm. know, via his spirit. And, and uh, you know, or, or a David Butler version 
<laughs> of Christ, yeah. you know, via his spirit. So, um, but, and what it does is it, it, it gives us the terms, uh, it ratifies the terms of his wonderful covenant that he's made with us that ultimately says, Hey, I'm, if you'll be my people, I will be your God. Yeah. I'm going to take care of you. You know, that's a good note to end on. I think God wants to be for us. God wants to pour the spirit out on us because he wants to do amazing things through us which we're going to talk more about in the next few weeks. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Dave. Is there anything else that you want to add before we finish? Uh, just the fact that I love all of you guys. I'm yes. so excited at what's taking place at Gathering Church. And uh, uh, God's adding to our numbers. But most of all, he's adding to our spiritual growth. We are growing up in him. And that's exciting. Yeah. Thank you for everybody who has been listening. Um, we want to do these episodes over the next few weeks as we go time and more over Pentecost and the Holy Spirit. If you have any questions while you're while doing the Sunday sermon, if you have any questions, um, we will give you an opportunity to, to um, send us these questions so that we can discuss them uh, at these um, Tuesday recordings. I think we're probably going to do that Tuesdays, as it seems. Um, so if you have in future any questions feel free to send them to us and then we would love to like include them and see how we can dive deeper into this topic where dave really just gets to skim the surface on a sunday right it's, yeah it's yeah. just the surface and there's so much more meat that we can go into and if you if there's anything really in your heart feel free to yeah reach out to us and we can discuss that absolutely we'd love to dive deeper with all you guys let's all grow up in the lord amen dave do you want to pray us out and then yeah let's do so Father, we thank you so much, sir, doing uh, at our at our fellowship. Lord, we just give you all the glory. And uh, Father, for everyone who uh, took time to listen today, uh, just give them a huge appetite uh, that can't be satiated uh, to dive into your word, to get to know you better, and to allow your word to be transformative and life-changing for each and every one of them. Lord, just bring us back together this coming Sunday as a family. And let us just glorify you and love on each other like never before. And we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You guys have a good week and we see you next week.